0: Hey there, Northern Star Scouting. Welcome back to another episode of Scout Chat on the Air. I'm your host, John McDermott, and this week I have with me the Tomahawk Reservation Director, Brian Halloran. Brian, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, John. So today we're going to talk about something pretty fun. Uh, We do a pretty good job of promoting our camp properties and all of the different things you can do on them. And today, Brian is going to talk with me about how you can camp with your unit and on your own. So if you want to go camping with your friends or with your family, what uh, kinds of things you can do and what that looks like.
1: The goal for everybody and a goal for our camping department is that we want as many people camping as possible. So if that means you're camping at a, with your troop or with your family or with friends at summer camp, one of our camp properties at a state park in someone's backyard, whatever it is that gets you camping is good. We want as many people camping as possible. Uh, that is where scouting happens. And uh, that is the, the thing that everybody's looking forward to in the scouting program. So it's important to do that in any shape or form that you can.
0: I mean, camping is really, I would say, one of the main pillars of the program. And I think when people think of the Boy Scouts, that's probably the first thing they think about is is going camping and doing things
1: outside like that. Right, exactly. So whatever gets you out there is great. And not everybody is going to start as an expert. You have to start somewhere. So if you're just starting with simple car camping or camping in your backyard, and then you go up from there, in time, you'll find out what gear you like, what things that work for you. You'll be more familiar with setting up tents and bed systems and find out what works for you. Find out what comforts you like to bring with you uh, and what things you don't need. And in time, you do find out what things you really don't need or what things aren't worth carrying out to the tent or packing into the car each time. And that just comes with time.
0: So one of the really nice things about camping, you know, at Tomahawk or many point is a lot of that gear as far as lodging and stuff goes is provided for you. You don't have to bring a ton of stuff, but let's talk about that a little bit. So if you're a fresh green camper, you've never been camping before. Um, let's talk a little bit about like what kind of gear you think, you know, as a, as a camping professional, uh, would be a good place to start.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, let's start outside of summer camp. So outside of summer camp, Uh, things that you're going to want as a starter kit would be a sleeping bag, a good sleeping bag. And you can start with a basic kind of big and bulky with the flannel lining on the interior sleeping bag that you might use at sleepovers. But eventually you're going to want to graduate up to a lighter weight, a smaller packable sleeping bag. And these are pretty affordable. They're they're much more ubiquitous on the market and they're easy to come by without too much cost. And that's just going to help reduce the amount of size of your duffel bag, or if you're on a backpacking trip someday, getting that down smaller. But at the, when you're first starting and you're doing car camping, where you're not worried about space, any sleeping bag will do. So a, a good sleeping bag that is going to you know keep you warm uh, and it's comfortable and something that you're familiar with is, is a good starting point. From there in your sleep system, you're going to want to look at sleeping pads. And starting off with a sleeping pad, the goal is to keep you insulated from the ground. To do that Basic closed cell foam. These are like the roll up or the accordion style foam. You can get these at military surplus places like Sportsman's Warehouse. Um, They also have foam sleeping pads at REI and that's a good starting point they don't add a ton of comfort but then you can graduate up to some of the more inflatable ones or thermarests in time or maybe a cot system that elevates you off the ground starting with a good sleep system is the first step you're going to need that every individual is going to need that a lot of times your troop or your pack might have tents already that they really like but they're going to probably ask that everybody bring their own sleeping bag and maybe some kind of sleeping pad
0: yeah, and those are important because, I mean, depending on where you are and the time of year and the weather forecast for your camp out, I mean, you can get away without a tent. You don't necessarily need a tent, but you're probably going to need something to sleep on and in.
1: Mm-hmm. Outside of that, you're going to start wanting to look at raincoats. Everybody should have a raincoat, and it doesn't take much to get a good raincoat. You can certainly get all the way up to a Gore-Tex raincoat, but you can simply get a frog tog style raincoat that is going to do a lot for you. Um, You can pick up raincoats for fairly inexpensive, and that is important because when you're out in the outdoors, if it's raining or it's wet at all, you're going to want to stay dry. Another thing that a raincoat does is adds an outer shell to your clothing system, and it's going to help make sure that if there's wind, there's not going to be air exchange between the warm air near your body and the air outside. So it's like bringing a small house sheathing system with you at all times. So a good raincoat is is something that you should strive for, and that should be a staple item on every single one of your campouts and or hikes. Yeah, I
0: like wearing my w- raincoat even just as a wind layer. Uh, you know, the number of times I've been out west and gone hiking in places, you know, like Glacier, Yellowstone, and get pretty windy up there in the mountains. And the raincoat won't necessarily overheat you, but it's going to cut that wind really, really well. And a lot of you know maybe medium to nicer raincoats will have vents on them too so if you get too hot you know the underarm zipper you can open up and then you know you're not
1: overheating and you're not super cold from the wind either Mm -hmm. yeah on cold days i mean everybody has that old wool sweater that they probably never wear uh or other warmth items at home you can always scrap together a bunch of warmth layers that are not necessarily like a cotton plant fiber that's gonna hold a lot of moisture in it but a raincoat is something that you should look at investing in over time. And it's amazing on hikes because while you're hiking, you're going to be warm. You're not going to necessarily need that. But then as soon as you stopped at an overlook to take a look at something like John said, maybe in the mountains, it's going to be a little bit windier, but as soon as you stop, you're going to cool down a little bit and then you can throw that raincoat on. That's probably going to be enough to keep you warm and sealed. And then as soon as you start hiking, you throw that raincoat in a, in a backpack. And the nice thing about raincoats is that they're not bulky. They don't take up a lot of space. You don't need one with a bunch of kind of warmth layers sewn into it. Those work fine, but uh, a simple just wind layer and preferably waterproof uh, or water resistant so that the the rain can't get in is going to be a good thing to have in your camping arsenal as a starter pack.
0: I think, too, uh, one thing that's a lot more common now, um, at least when I've walked through REI, is... A lot of places like that or outdoor fitters will offer some kind of like bundle package. So I know a couple of years ago, my wife and I, we got, I think it was a sleeping bag, a sleeping pad, and a tent, like all together. It wasn't, you know, outrageously expensive. So those are decent things to look for if you're trying to get yourself started.
1: Big things with gear at the individual level that your troop might not have, obviously, all of the other camping gear like a pocket knife and a headlamp, these are all individual things that you're gonna to wanna to have on your own. I prefer a headlamp as a flashlight because it's automatically gonna be attached to you and you don't have to worry about where you're gonna hold it. You can use it like a flashlight if you like or, or you can strap it on your head. It usually is pretty light and it's not very bulky and it does everything a flashlight usually does and gets, gets you what you need. Uh, I like headlamps versus flashlights but they both serve their purposes i would agree
0: i switched to using a headlamp primarily probably my second or third year into scouts and it's such a simple thing but it's so much more efficient and being able to have two hands free in the dark when you're trying to do stuff is a lot better when you're using a headlamp Mm -hmm.
1: starting out in scouting especially if you're at the pack level uh, or if you're a younger scout bsa participant if you're not to that 13 age 13 years old uh, part portion You don't really need to be worried about a backpacking backpack. At that point, you're not gonna be doing a lot of backpacking. You haven't finished growing to a certain level, so you don't really wanna be looking at investing in a backpacking backpack uh, until at least 13 years of age or older. And when you are looking for a backpacking backpack, try not to be swayed by all the zippers and the doodads and things like that. You're really just looking for a a bag vessel with shoulder straps on it to get you where you wanna go. The more zippers, the more pockets, Uh, The heavier that's going to be, and it's probably going to cost more as well. So when you're looking around for backpacks some way down the road, consider weight because weight is important when you're carrying things on your back. And you don't need a lot of pockets. You really maybe have one outer pocket, one on the top, and the main container area, both for ease, simplicity, and for weight. And then the less weight, the less zippers, the less pockets on a backpack, the cheaper it's going to be naturally.
0: One thing that I have always looked for, uh, regardless of what size backpack I'm looking for, uh, is a water bottle pouch. I think it's really important, you know, especially if you're going to be out hiking or if you're going to be walking around, uh, you want easy access to your water. And if it's got two water bottle pouches, uh, that's even better.
1: Yeah, those are usually going to be positioned on either side of your backpack. And you want to make sure that when you are trying that out, that you can reach that. So imagine you're walking through and you want to be able to get into the water bottle. And you want to make sure that there's ample room so that you can fit like a 32-ounce Nalgene or Powerade bottle or something like that in that pocket, and you can get it in and out easily. If we could take a break real quick and just talk about easy ways to tap into camping as an individual, if you yourself as an individual scout would like to go camping, either you'd like to go to summer camp more or your troop isn't going to summer camp, or you have a date conflict with when your troop is going to summer camp, both Tomahawk and Many Point provide what we call a provisional camping experience, which means we have scouts from multiple different troops come together and they make an all-star troop for one week. The camp staff take turns serving as scoutmaster for that program, and we gather scouts from a bunch of different troops and we run a all-star troop for a couple different weeks at Tomahawk and Many Point. And an individual can sign up for this. Parents can come. Parents are not required to go. You don't need any other adult leadership. Scouts can attend by themselves or with a buddy. It's pretty much the same cost as if you went with your troop and you have every single opportunity available to you that you would have if you were with a troop. There are some advantages though. One of the big ones is that the camp staff are your Scoutmasters. They have an inside uh, edge at camp. And so sometimes they can make things happen that a normal Scoutmaster wouldn't be able to do. And there's some other benefits of scheduling and the streamlined process of having staff as your Scoutmasters that uh, can make things a lot easier for you. Um, And it's also really fun to meet people from different communities, different towns, and it's a, it's a great way to experience more camp. In some, in some cases, we have scouts that come to every single session because they just want to have a, a, a lot of opportunities for camp. Uh, you can earn more merit badges. You can experience more things, do lots of high adventures. And that's a really great individual camping option.
0: How many sessions of that do you run at each property? Tomahawk runs three uh, and Many Point runs four, I believe, this year. That's that's a really good opportunity. I think you know any any chance you get to kind of break out of your own, uh, call it personal bubble, and you know get into an environment like that with people you don't know can make for some really interesting experiences.
1: Yeah, and if your troop traditionally goes to Many Point or Tomahawk, and that's where they always have gone, and and they're worried about leaving one camp because they don't want to lose their campsite reservation, the All Star program is a really good option to go and experience the other side of Northern star scouting uh, in a different camp. So you can still have your regular troop go. And then maybe some of your older scouts that have done a lot of the things at your current camp, they could do the all-star program as a small patrol at Tomahawk or many point, whichever camp they, they haven't gone to. And that's a really great way for them to experience some of the unique things at Tomahawk that they couldn't get at many point or vice versa. So we have horses at Tomahawk at many point, they have jet skis, We've got a rock climbing program at Tomahawk, but they've got the huck Finn rafts at many point. There's some really interesting things that we don't offer at both properties that you can tap into as an older scout through the all-star program without having to uproot your entire troop from what their traditions are.
0: Now, w- would you say that all-star program operates more like what you would see at a unit camp out or is it closer to what it would be like if you went to a week at summer camp?
1: It's closer to what it's closer to the experience you'd have as a regular troop at summer camp. Okay. But it takes elements that you'd see in a program like Grey Wolf or um, some of those more provisional programs where you don't know everybody right off the bat. So we start with some team building activities, icebreaker activities. So you get to, a chance to know some of these scouts. We even elect an SPL for the week there's a little bit more work into gathering and getting people to know each other in those all-star programs. But that is really part of the fun. You get an entire week with a new batch of people and that can be scary, but the rewards are really, really great by the end of the week. And we are piloting something new this year at Tomahawk. We are providing a shuttle service from base camp. So it's about a five hour drive round trip to drop somebody off and the same thing to pick them up. So we're going to tr- see if we can get enough people to make a shuttle service worthwhile. And for $50, uh, we'll have a staff member pick them up at base camp and bring them all the way to camp and bring them back again. Um, so we're going to pilot that and, and just hope that that makes the program more accessible to people, understanding that parents are busy and 10 hours in the car for a parent to drive up to camp could be tough.
0: Yeah, especially you know in the, in the summer when they still have to work, even though the kid gets to go to camp and doesn't have to go to school.
1: Well, let's talk about backyard campouts because I think that they're probably the easiest thing, especially at the pack level, to get people introduced to camping at the individual level. And you can certainly scale up to do that at the den level or at the pack level um, eventually. But for people that haven't had a lot of experience camping, there's a lot of unfamiliarity with what might happen, uncertainty, And a really good way to do sort of a toe in the water experience is to do backyard campouts. One, it's a familiar area for a lot of people. Two, there's a flush toilet really close by. (laughs) And I know that that is a big thing for people. It takes time to get used to pit toilets or, you know, something without running water. Um, And if anything goes wrong, if anybody feels uncomfortable, if somebody forgot something, it's usually easy to go get that. Mm And you always have the option to cook food or order takeout or something like that. And what you're really trying to do is just get used to sleeping in the tent. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. And uh at the pack level, you could consider doing you set up a couple tents, people hang out in them, you roast some s'mores, and then everybody goes home. Right. And then the next time you could do the same thing, but have people stay overnight and leave right away in the morning. Um And then as you do that a little bit more, you can sprinkle in more outdoor cooking and practice that a little bit more. So don't try to tackle everything at once. Try to get used to setting up tents, getting your bed system put together, making sure that everybody's comfortable. Then you can start worrying about food because food, if you haven't cooked over an open fire, um, if you haven't had a lot of experience building fires, all of those things just take time and practice and no one expects anybody to be an expert right out of the gate. So These backyard campouts can be a really good way to ease into and add different elements each time. And as far as getting families on board to do camping, nobody's going to argue with that. And it's pretty close. So some families can stay spend the night. Some can uh, leave after the campfire is done. And that's a good way for people to practice setting up tents and getting used to it and familiar with a tent in the background and packing some gear. Um, And it's very forgiving if you forget something, you can always run home and get it or maybe do without because it's a shorter trip that leads into other opportunities where you could camp at uh, one of our metro area camps like Rum River or Kiwanis or Fred C or Filippo, all of those, and then maybe doing some state park trips um, or other private campgrounds in the local metro area.
0: Yeah, you, you touched on it a little bit with, uh, you know, you can just come and then you can leave and not spend the night or just leave right away in the morning. With with weekend campouts, you know, with a unit, you're you're kind of locked into two nights of camping. You know, if you start with that backyard camping, though, you're not locked into it a certain amount of time. You You're there for as long as you want to be there, weekend allowing, of course. You know, aside from the cost of gear, it doesn't cost you anything
1: to camp in your own backyard, right? And for packs with busy families, I think doing a Friday night camp out is great because you don't, you don't kill the entire weekend, right? You still have a weekend. Um, you're not asking a lot of time of people. And I think you're really providing them what they had in their head when they joined scouting, they thought, Oh, I'm going to go camping. Um, but they're having a hard time connect the dots from where they are at their camping ability to where they want to be. Right. And so you have to provide these steps to make people comfortable. And if you're planning these things, you're a busy person too. And this is an easy thing to plan. Uh, especially if you start with a takeout option. I mean, if you had a bunch of you know takeout brought in, that would be kind of fun. If you're eating some Chinese food around the campfire, that would be kind of weird and quirky. Um, yeah. But roasting hot dogs, do it doesn't take a lot of work either. Right. And you could start with a barbecue grill and then eventually transition to an open campfire. Um, you, you could cook food inside and do sort of a potluck type thing. Lots of options to make it easy for the people planning it.
0: And, and once you are ready to kind of take it to that next level, um, one of the greatest things about Minnesota, I think, is just the breadth of the state park system we have here and all of the different county parks. Um, and how close they are like we have so many that are close to the cities that have campgrounds and they just they offer so many opportunities for you to be able to go and get a weekend overnight camping experience without having to drive three hours to do it right or more.
1: So I think a good next step from the backyard camp out would be a, a local campground, a state park. Um, if you can find a place that has an indoor shelter uh that you can camp next to that can be really helpful because if it rains and you're looking for a place to be out of the rain that makes it easy if you have some people that don't want to sleep outside they have an indoor sleeping option maybe some of the food prep can be done inside where it's a little bit easier it's that's kind of bringing the transition um a little smoother to the full backcountry experience um one thing about our metro area camps is that a lot of them have what we call shelter cabins where they're enclosed. Uh, Some of them have garage doors flanking one side, so you can really open it up and let the outdoors in. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them have cooking facilities or at least places where you can plug in uh, a crock pot or, or, you know, there's usually a gas stove in there. Uh, That can make cooking and some of the logistics of a camp out a little bit easier. And there's usually space or a campsite adjacent where you can set up tents. And there may be flush toilets nearby or at least within walking distance that you could access. But when you start looking at multi-group campsites and state parks and other things like that, you're going to be looking at more pit toilets and less flush toilets. Uh, So just be ready for that and make sure your families are okay with that and on board with that.
0: I know at least on kind of the east and southern side of the suburbs, since that's where I grew up, my troop, we did a lot of camping at uh, Lebanon Hills in Egan and then Spring Lake Park in Hastings. And those are both great places because they've got the indoor shelters that you mentioned. Uh, they're close and they have a lot of trails and access to other parks that kind of just enhance that weekend experience.
1: Yeah. And it it's nice to find an activity to do when you're at that place, but don't be too, Don't let yourself get too overwhelmed with planning the activities because a lot of what you're doing is just camping. Mm-hmm. Getting familiar with tents, getting familiar with fire, getting familiar with uh, you know, being ready for the next thing. Uh, so understand that a lot of your time might be occupied cooking and that that's okay. A lot of the scouts are going to be running around. They're going to be playing games with each other. They're going to be making their own fun and a formal activity during the day can be really good in the afternoon, mm-hmm. but understand that a lot of the time outside of that activity is just going to be life in the campsite, being familiar with stuff and getting the next thing ready. Uh, so don't overpack your your camp outs with too many activities.
0: And it it may seem silly uh, it's to but to start, you know, when you start thinking about your camping experiences, One thing that I always did in uh, my scouting experience was create a standard list of things that regardless of where you're camping or when you're camping, you need to take those things and and have that list and keep it maybe in the backpack you use or in the bag you use when you go. You know, that includes, you know, toothbrush, flashlight, sleeping bag, um, because, you know, when you're a young child and you might be charged with packing your own stuff, uh, you will likely forget something, and I know uh, for me as a scout, it was often my mess kit it was like the number one thing that I would forget when we went camping. Nice,
1: yeah, that's uh, uh, packing lists are important, and everybody is going to slowly develop their own. Uh, there's starting points that you can uh, that you can start at. Uh, one would be looking at the many pointer tomahawk packing list for summer camp. There's going to be a lot of things in there that are just basic to summer camp. But there's a a lot of resources out there. Uh, One, your Scout book. Your Scout handbook is going to have information on what to pack and bring to different things. And if you just did a simple Google search for you know, Scout camp out weekend packing list, you'll find all kinds of resources from what packs and other councils uh, our council have put together at different times for packing lists. Um, As an individual, as you start finding out what you like and what you need, what you don't need, Start developing a, a tote, a camping tote, of all of the staple items that you like to use, that that you, can, you know where it's kept, it's easy to go into and, and get. Uh, and you might have a toiletry kit in there and your mess kit and kitchen stuff in there. You might have some cooking gear in there as you get older um, and develop some things. You may have your bedding system, your tents, uh, maybe some outdoor clothing that you only use on these campouts. Uh, so start developing a tote of things so that when you have to start packing for an, a, an activity or a camp out, you just start with that tote. You pull the tote out, you spread things out in the corner of your living room and do a quick check of all of the things that you have. And that would be a good place to put your, your staple packing list. Just tape it to the underside of the tote lid or on the t- very top. And you can, as you're unpacking that and going through things, you can check the items off your basic list.
0: So we're fortunate to live in a state that has some pretty beautiful seasons. Uh, Spring and fall are amazing times to camp here in Minnesota. Um, But one thing you always have to keep track of because it can be quite volatile here is the weather. So if you go to a camping property or a more established place, there are ways to mitigate that because they have indoor activities and there's more buildings and shelters. But if you're ever, even if you're going to backyard camp or if you're going to go on a weekend camp out, uh, always be checking the weather as far in advance as you can to get an accurate forecast of what the weather's gonna be like. um, So you can plan, and then
1: if it's inclement enough that you need to pack up and leave, you have adequate time to do that. Yeah, and managing expectations with everybody that's going on the camp out and reminding everybody, yeah, it's gonna be raining, so bring a good raincoat. We're gonna bring some extra tarps to put up, or we'll have an indoor shelter to go into when it's raining, Um, but uh, if you've got a good raincoat and maybe rain pants is another thing to add to to that list, you can be pretty comfortable just walking around outside, even if it is raining. Nature looks different in those scenarios and a hike on a sunny day and a hike on a rainy day can both be really nice, but they would be completely different experiences as you go through. A big thing that we're trying to teach in scouting is that we are a safe program uh, and we are providing a safe space for these activities, but some aspects of scouting can be uncomfortable. Sleeping in a tent is... Not always going to be as comfortable as staying in a hotel. Um, and there's a reason we go camping is to experience the outdoors in a different way, experience places that we can't access other than by camping. Uh, and that gets you into backpacking and canoe trips and all of that. And we're trying to teach youth to be resilient and part of being resilient is experiencing something that may not be comfortable. It might be uncomfortable. Uh, It is still safe, however, but if it's uncomfortable, just enough where you work through that, you take some tactics to make yourself more comfortable, and you're experiencing that, and you get through that, you're building resilience to uh, later in life when you have a paper due in college, and you're under the gun, and you feel really stressed out about it, you can always turn back to the, well, this isn't as bad as that one time we were caught out in the rain and we had to dry out all of our our stuff afterwards. If I can deal with that, I can deal and get through this. And so the great thing about camping is that we're providing a safe place for people to experience a new thing and build resilience through some of these maybe not so comfortable scenarios, but that is what the program is. Kids need to experience things that are That push them out of their their comfort zone, that challenge them, that give them problems that need to be solved, some things that need to be endured, and that builds them into stronger leaders later in life. And by doing these camping stepping stones from your backyard to state parks and our own council camps, summer camp, and building on those things, you're preparing yourself for these higher level camping experiences for these older scouts, and you can't just get to their... When they're older scouts, you got to build from somewhere. Right. So start now, and uh, that's going to lead them to mountaintops later in life and make them more resilient and more powerful leaders.
0: And like many other things in the scouting program, there is no shortage of knowledge. Uh, someone in your unit has probably. Done camping to the extreme. Uh, you know, you've got your local professionals who, at some point, have probably all camped, or even were scouts in their youth, and even our camp staff and camping professionals. Uh, there's a ton of experience out there. Uh, you just need to, you know, tap into those people, and they have good advice and good solutions for problems. And take those opportunities. Go camping as often as you can. It's it's fun. It's great. It's one of the cornerstones of this program. And if you have fun camping, then there's a good chance that, uh, you'll stay in the program longer.
1: Yeah. And for people looking to learn more about camping at university of scouting in both fall and spring, there are some very specific courses like camp cooking or Dutch oven cooking, uh, lightweight gear. Uh, sometimes there's even lightweight stove demos. There's, there's ways to learn more. There, uh, REI also provides some, some different camping courses. And, uh, YouTube is, is always a great resource to explore different ideas and different tactics. And it's a good way to see something and become more familiar with something instead of just going in blind.
0: Well, Brian, thanks for joining me today. This was a great conversation. And I mean, we just barely have tapped the surface of all there is to know about camping. Yeah. Well,
1: thanks, John. It was a pleasure to be able to talk about camping. It's one of my favorite things in scouting. Great. In the meantime, folks, thanks for listening and we will catch you next time.